and welcome to Analytics at ServiceNow. I'm your host, Alex Sanginov. In the next seven episodes, we will share the ins and outs of leading a successful analytics team to run the company by data. In today's episode, we're joined by Shiva Prasad, Varun Malayala, and Vipul Aguchia, who continue to push the boundaries of what's possible with Enterprise Data Platform while keeping the lights on to empower the entire company to run their business. You will never hear lights out on this episode. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the show, gentlemen. Shiva, Varun, and Vipul. I'm super excited to have you all on the show. Thank you so much for Thank the invite, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Great to have you. I know we have a lot to cover today. I'm, I have been patiently waiting for this episode. And just to kick it off, uh, what is the enterprise data platform? Can you define it for us? Sure, Alex. The enterprise data platform is a, a set of integrated repositories that integrate and aggregate the data from core applications into a unified, consistent, secured, and connected structure for the company. It's a multi-layered architecture that are separated logically, which are data store, data capabilities, data domain, and consumption layer. The objective of the EDPR is centralized data from multiple sources, effective and efficient governance modules, and build the foundation for the democratization, data democratization, and improve the data literacy throughout the organization. You touched on a couple areas there, uh, multi-layered. Uh, can, you, can, you, can we go one layer deeper? So this is a, a four layers which uh, logically we separated. The first layer is the data store. We collect the data from um, different uh, business applications that what we are uh, using, whether related to the SAP uh, or um, service-related application, non-SAP applications, like um, the Conquer and many uh, applications that what we internally using, and also the uh, data from big data. The second layer is uh, a data capabilities layer, uh, storing the data uh, and um, providing the capabilities in terms of uh, data enrichment, uh, master data management, uh, privacy-related, security-related, and advanced analytics-related data capabilities. And the third layer is the data domain, uh, this is the layer we will be building the, uh, our uh, modules uh, or the vectors uh, or the domains like a sales or the marketing domain and the customer domains will be building. And the last and the top layer is the consumption layer with uh, either the business users or sensor um, users or citizen data scientists or maybe the AP, the transactional system would access the data from uh, enterprise data platform. And at what layers do you democratize the data? Is it only at a reporting or, you know, the final layer that you mentioned? Well, the data domain layer is where the, you know, the, I think between the data domain and the consumption layer is where the data democratization rules should be implemented. Uh, this is the layer would be accessed by the uh, business users. Mm. And uh, the, it could be from the, the, there are different vehicles or different uh, mechanisms that the uh, business users can access the data. One, using the dashboards. Two, the alerts and workflows. Okay. Uh, the third one could be the 
the citizen data scientists or embedded analysis teams accessing this information either using the sequence or APIs. Or if there is a, a use case for embedding the analytics in the transactional system, uh, where uh, the sales reps or the sellers or the ADRs will have a uh, maybe the machine learning outputs in the context of the CRM application itself. That is another layer where uh, we will be uh, embedding the data. I see. So what would make or what makes this EDP, the enterprise data platform, successful? Um, EDP being successful, I think uh, one of the biggest factors of its success is the buy-in. Um, for something to become pervasive across an organization, uh, something as big as the enterprise data platform, uh, the uh, senior executive level buy-in is critical because that's how we can start to push uh, data sets in towards consumption. One aspect is right how easy the data is available for consumption, but in many cases, it's also how, uh, how much the executive team relies on that data and wants the teams to use that data. So adoption is a critical aspect of what makes EDP successful. And uh, the key factor behind that is executive buy-in. Right, I did hear that quite a lot uh, along the lines of enablement, sponsorship, and a tight uh, partnership and co-ownership with our stakeholders, right? Uh, so given the company's unprecedented growth, knock on wood, uh, how did we keep up the type of growth uh, from EDP standpoint? Did we always have the right components or was it a bumpy road? Okay, when I joined the service for 2014, so this now had uh, less than 3,000 employees. The business intelligence team was formed two or three months before I joined. Most of the reports were generated in the Excel by business users. Uh, they had a data uh, inconsistencies, limited KPIs, challenges with those Excels, and also it used to take uh, weeks to generate uh, peer reports manually. So we talked to the many business users, understood the requirements, came up with the strategy. We formed two teams. Uh, one team focused on quick by bringing the data to uh, SQL Server and the developed dashboards and tablets. Parallel to this, the second team focused on design and architecture of the platform that can scale and support uh, for service network. I led the second team to build the data analytics uh, platform. The objective was to provide a near real-time analytics to the business users. I think by end of uh, Q1 2015, uh, you know, we completed design architecture and also the software purchases. The that architecture includes uh, HANA, SQL Server, BODS, SLT, Tableau, SCPBI, or Perspective and other applications. Considering the service now growth, then itself, we built uh, Dev, QA, Prod, BR environments, including the high availability. After that also, we had many challenges with the data migration from the SQL Server or uh, developing the dashboards with the consistent definitions and more. Uh, I think by Q3, Q4, 2015, we successfully launched the sales dashboards based on the CRM data with the four hours refresh. And following the next few years, we focused on providing real-time or near real-time analytics. We wow. integrated the data from 50-plus cloud applications like our uh, internal CRM or ERP system, would they counter 
uh, high or uh, big data and many um, uh, more systems which were managed by Stellar. Right. Currently, we are replicating 700 plus tables from ERP in real time and 600 plus tables on an hourly basis. Wow. We also introduced a multiple application layer, uh, multiple applications related like data network, ThoughtSpot, WalkMe, data gaps, Snowflake, and more. Few were successful and few we had to decommission due to the lower adoption. Right. Uh, our solution architect, Sirin uh, Saini, put a lot of efforts uh, identifying the right applications and talked to the vendors. And um, I would say last year also we successfully migrated all of the 11 applications, 130 plus VMs from on-prem to Azure. It was a bumpy road, but I'm glad that uh, you know, whatever uh, we had designed the architecture in back in 2015, met right. the business requirement, and currently we are leveraging the same architecture. We okay. successfully launched many dashboards in the last few quarters under guidance like a customer dashboard, hot prospects, and many more with the 5,000 plus employees accessing these assets monthly. Right. Now, we have to repeat this process as part of the ADP enterprise data platform to build an architecture that supports our next three to five years traditional growth. Right, wow. That's a lot of uh, capabilities you mentioned there. And having Vipul and Varun on the call, I'm curious where does Master Data Management, or MDM for short, as well as the Center of Excellence sit within this uh, platform? Um, the MDM platform, uh, MDM for short, like you said, Alex, is a very core component of the EDP, or Enterprise Data Platform. Um, MDM, at least you know, throughout my career, and most people listening to this would agree, is a core backbone of the fact of how what the company runs on. And as, as an example, company data, uh, product data, and also contact data, to say the least. I mean, keeping aside uh, all of the geographies and territories. So it is a very critical aspect of where the company level facts sit and how they are leveraged within the EDP to support a varied set of analytics and metrics for consumption, either at the reporting level or within the systems. Right. So um, it is a very, very integral core data part. Then that gets interpreted across the EDP for various purposes. And we also have a significant amount of enrichment in the MDM uh, platform for all the domains that I just talked about, because that's the uh, added aspect of the metrics, the external data that we bring in to support sales or the marketing or the operational ask. Right, right. Center of Excellence is a new business function that we formed this year. So when Shiva till now explained, it's only about the current data analytics platform, but EDP enterprise data platform is a futuristic architecture. So we want to build a platform which can support for next to five, three to five years right. of service now because we are going towards 10 billion growth. Right? Yeah. So CEO team, center of excellence team is going to play a key role in EDP. Hmm. So we are working on finding the right tech stack and also will be playing a key role in finding the one business enterprise analytic tool. Right? Okay. Once we find 
business entrepreneur, we are also working on launching other cool features like knowledge card, where data is coming to you rather than user looking for data. It is called zero click interface. And uh, this is a Chrome based plugin where data is coming to the user directly. In addition to this, my team will be focusing on new innovations like augmented analytics and uh, proof of concepts and ensuring business applications hygiene and operation excellence and also many more will be involved. If I can follow up with you, you mentioned a couple interesting uh, nuggets there. Zero click and data coming to the users. Can, can we drill down on that? So data is everywhere nowadays, but right. you don't know the best thing is data coming to you, like user finding the data. Yep. Since we have a lot of dashboards, users are overwhelmed and you don't know what is the right dashboard and right KPIs for them. So we have a new concept called hyperintelligence, zero click interface, where user is just browsing data. And uh, as soon as you see, for example, customer card, which is nothing but as soon as they see a customer name, okay. it will be hover, uh, hyperlinked and user can hover over and it will give you a shortcut of KPIs. Like what are the most important KPIs for that customer? And from there, he can go to the right dashboard. So it's really tough for a user to find the right dashboard at the right time. So this knowledge card or the zero click interface will help him to find the right KPIs and also find the right dashboards at the right time. So if I understand this correctly, let's say, you know, I Google for one of the company names, uh, I'm just going to on Amazon, Walmart, or, or what have you, one of the popular names, uh, it's going to appear even on Google search results. Yes. As soon as you type in, uh, if there is a match with our customer data, okay. then it will find the match and it will find the relevant KPIs for that customer. Wow, that is super awesome. And I cannot wait to give that a try. And uh, you mentioned, it, and I'm pretty sure, you know, that's where, you know, the MDM linkage will be uh, or is with the EDP. Am I connecting the white dots here? You are, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, and uh, Varun, if I can follow up with you on one more thing, you mentioned one BI. So essentially, does that mean we only have one business intelligence tool? So it's tough to, yeah, thanks Alexa. So it's tough to find the right fit for the right, right? So what we are trying to do here is we have multiple tools. So for, to scale the platform for the next two, three to five years, we are finding the right BI tool. Okay. Most of the tools have 70 to 85% common features. We are trying the best tool which can serve for our business needs. Got it, got it. So we're always looking for complementary solutions. Yes. Awesome, got it. No wonder why uh, EDP is so successful and is so you know, well-known among our users. Uh, and I'm still you know, blown away with the zero click. Uh, Varun, if, uh, I will follow up with you offline on that capability. Ripple, if I may follow up with you from MDM perspective, on a couple of the comments you mentioned, the outside perspective is, you know, we all hear, you know, uh, that MDM and, you know, as well as, you know, the horror stories, if you will, around the data and its accuracy. Can you give us, you know, your secret sauce on, on running a successful MDM team, bridging the gap where end user mindset doesn't always trust the data? Um, that's always been a very interesting challenge um, in any organization. ServiceNow is no uh, different. 
Um, the biggest thing in that space is, is to manage the perception of the user base. Right. What happens is that data gets polluted in many instances, not necessarily because of anything within the platform or the lack of capability. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to do with legacy processes that are inherently built for, uh, you know, exception handling that started years and years ago that doesn't necessarily apply anymore, but those processes haven't necessarily evolved or matured. Uh, so the big thing to do is start to unravel the metrics around the data and what we call data quality dimensions. Okay. So data governance and the data quality program sitting on top of, as an example, the MDM data, or for that matter, any metrics data is a critical aspect of where we would want to go to really surface what's the fact. And rather than it be a perception or an opinion, oh, the data is bad. But what does that mean? And that's where exactly we have to showcase, this is what the numbers state in terms of the data quality or how good or bad is it, whether it's for the customer domain, whether it's for the prospect domain or other MDM domains per se. I see. So can you walk us through a, an, an example where this was the case? I'm pretty sure you have a lot to share <laughs> just to put, put things into perspective. No, absolutely. Um, uh, customer data, right? Um, people have in the past said that customer data or company data in MDM platform is bad, uh, right? And that's the perception and that's the comment that I heard right. close enough to when I joined. Uh, and when you dig deeper, right, uh, what comes out is that in the company domain, as an example, customer data is fairly well managed. Rightly, it should be because we manage transactions against them. Right. So, but as we go lesser and lesser in terms of the prospect aspect of uh, the company data and the earlier in the life cycle or in the sales life cycle, uh, the data is not going to be as good. So from a sales perspective or just the opportunity or uh, the aspect of uh, marketing, uh, there have been challenges around data quality something that we are trying to fix. So explicitly to your point, Alex, the, the example is that we have separated the data governance and quality metrics on these different statuses to really showcase the truth behind the data. As an example, customer data quality is different, uh, is measured differently than what it is for prospects. Right. Even though it's company information and a single MDM domain, but it is measured separate yeah. to really quantify where we are. Right. Uh, rather than have the perception, oh, all data is bad. And no, it's not. It's just where people are in the sales cycle because things are different. Right. Yes, I can. The immediate, of course, you know, uh, in the no-brainer example is, well, you know, do you include, you know, the corp and all the suffix of the company part of your customer name or account name, however you, uh, you refer to them? Or do you just, you know, keep the main name, right? Uh, we never hear in Apple Inc. We only hear Apple as a company. Right. And mm -hmm. anyone who says Apple, we already know that, hey, there are the manufacturers of iPhones and, you know, the Mac computers and whatnot. Uh, I, absolutely. And in some cases, right, and it generally happens for smaller or medium sized businesses. It's also the DBAs or the aliases companies may have that right. starts to get into that space. But anyway, right, it's a, uh, it's a big space, but this is just the start of managing that view and really start to focus on surfacing those metrics. 
right. to change the perception and really bring out the fact. Got it. Got it. So coming back to the enterprise data platform uh, uh, topic real quick, what would you consider the pros and cons of having or not having the enterprise data platform? Sure. Uh, well, so far, uh, our data dynamic team focused on delivering the dashboards for the business users and enable them to make a business decision. We integrated the data required for building these assets. But with the EDP, we're going to expand the scope to data platform and analytics. We will bring all the data sets uh, that are part of the customer journey irrespective of uh, dashboards use cases. Hmm. Uh, in addition to that, you know, we will uh, enable uh, the data as a service using an API, so we'll build heterogeneous data uh, set in our uh, EDP, which will allow not only our analytics team, but also the power users or the embedded analytics team, or uh, could be the citizen data scientists to access the EDP for self-serve. I see many of these as uh, pros, Alex. Okay. Uh, well, not having a uh, uh, enterprise data platform would uh, cause a different uh, data mods, or different embedded analytics teams, uh, is what I've seen in their companies. Uh, but uh, that we are uh, marching towards the enterprise data platform and we do not have that problem. Right. So in, a, in other words, Shiva, uh, you're essentially having an enterprise data platform makes MDM team's job you know, easier. Yes, of course. The, the, we call this a EDP. It is a wrapper all around the, the analytics of MDM. It is all together. It makes uh, both analytics and MDM easy. Right. I agree with Shiva, Alex. Uh, we are working on many initiatives uh, which will enable user access data easily, right? Uh, as part of the analytics workspace, right? Which we, we launch for self-serve templates and everything, right? I, I'm seeing a lot of pros. I'm hardly thinking what is the con here so okay yeah awesome hey uh, if there are no cons uh that's that's a great news so everyone should have one <laughs> hey I, absolutely and uh, i can't think of any cons either the only pro that i would say right um i guess in line with what shiva and uh Varun were saying is that the when we speak we're looking at building EDP, right? We set out to kind of really consolidate um, a bunch of capabilities to make it easier for the user. To me, the biggest pro is the, the combination of capabilities that comes together. Right. Shiva very eloquently articulated earlier that what EDP is, is uh, you know the integrated set of repositories, but also the aspects of security, privacy, uh, access, consumption, all built in, categorization, all built in. What makes EDP successful is uh, just the fact that, you know, all of these capabilities that we've been talking about are there together in one single platform. And that's what really brings about the adoption or the usage that both Varun and Shiva were talking about, uh, whether it's the privacy aspect or whether it's the uh, you know, the consumption aspect or whether it's the integration aspect or even within the integration, there's got to be a, a normalization uh, and conformed view of how data is looked at across the organization. All of these things coming together gives a very powerful view of the ease of use 
that an end user can have and also the trust. Um, and we talked about governance earlier, governance and quality to be complete. Uh, all of these things coming together is the biggest pro of how we can make it uh, work for the organization. And also, right, I think the whole idea with the data and analytics vision is to make this organization a data-driven culture. Mm -hmm. The single biggest thing to do that is trust and ease of use. Yes. And the combination provides that. Right. So in the absence of cons, not having even a single one, uh, how would an other analytics leaders or someone who's looking in establishing an EDP in their, within their companies or their teams, what would be a must-have capabilities uh, should they look for versus nice-to-have capabilities? Yes, the, I think we've highlighted um, many of these uh, capabilities, uh, which are uh, the essential, like uh, centralized data from the multiple sources, consistent and reliable data, efficient and um, you know, effective governance and security models, GDPR, CCPA compliance, uh, self-serve, alerts, workflows. These are all essential. As I was CIO, Chris Perry says, brilliant at basics, companies should focus on operational excellence from the beginning as well. Right. Coming to nice to have, probably the NLP and NLG, natural language processing and natural language generation. Uh, these are the next uh, new technologies that are evolving in the analytics space. According to the Gartner report, probably 50% of analytics will be generated by the augmented analytics by end of uh, 2021. So initially, these can be nice to have features, but should be part of the roadmap. You know, you covered all of the perfect capabilities that we either have or uh, are looking to get for our platform. Um, you know, uh, it's not considered necessarily a capability, but to really make uh, or establish an EDP at an organizational level, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. It's the executive buy-in. Uh, there needs to be a level of executive push to really make this successful. Otherwise, if we build capabilities, um, things aren't just magically going to be start, uh, people are going to start using them. It's, it needs to have that push, that organizational push towards that data culture. Got it. So if I heard you gentlemen correctly, we need a robust and data replication layer to start off with right, to establish, towards establishing an enterprise data platform, uh, data governance and privacy in place, uh, meaningful alerts activated by workflows, and excellence in basics, quoting our uh, CIO, Chris Betty, and of course, you know, executive buy-in. Did I get the pieces correctly? Yes. Yes. Awesome. And one of my uh, last and favorite questions uh, that I ask almost everyone, uh, and what would you say your biggest achievement as a team thus far? And what would be your biggest lessons learned? If you had to do something all over again, what would that be? We built a lot of assets that enabled our users to take uh, right business uh, decisions. And our data and analytics team efforts uh, achieved this. In the Willis the Green book, Bill mentioned that none of us is as smart as all of us. If you can guide the team with the right goals and the roadmap, and they can deliver the great products. Right. Even during the COVID situation, uh, the team successfully adopted this new norm and had all committed projects in the 
last two quarters. Coming to your question on how to do something all over again, yeah. I wish uh, you know would have focused more on increasing our data footprint on cloud data warehouses, okay. uh, which would have helped to build various models that require heterogeneous, massive data sets. Of course, as part of uh, EDP, we are adjusting this. My only thought would here would be right to add um, more from a lesson learned. I know we talked about operational excellence earlier. Uh, right. I know the company scaled very quickly and moved along in the usage aspect uh, very fast with the growth that we talked about. And, and that's the key part, right? How do we make sure that we continue to manage and scale and look forward to the vision of where we want to go rather than, right, uh, you know, be in that uh, mode of where we were, uh, but constantly invent and reinvent ourselves. I joined in December previous year and managing the new COE team. So at this point, if you ask me, I don't have anything to do all over again, but for sure for the next year podcast, I'll have something for you. Sounds good. And I look forward to having you uh, in the future episodes. This was great conversation. Thank you very much, Shiva, Varun, and Vipul for joining me today and sharing your wisdom, lessons learned, all the great you know, tips and uh, tricks that you shared. And I look forward to having you all you know, in future episodes. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time and the invite. We loved it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. This was an episode six of seven-part series of Analytics at ServiceNow. In the next episode, we will go back to the future with Chris Beatty, CIO at ServiceNow, and Vijay Kotu, VP of Analytics at ServiceNow. To understand what does the future look like for analytics team here at ServiceNow. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your peers and network. Until next time.